0: I am reading from uh, 1 Kings chapter 17, beginning in verse 1. Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe, giving uh, said to Ahab, "As the Lord the God of Israel lives, and I serve. Now will we neither do nor reign in the next few years, except by my word." Then uh, dropping down to the 10. So he came to Zarebath. When he came to the town gate, the women was there gathering in He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? As she was going to head, he called, and, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord of all this, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar, and a little olive oil in the jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. you said to her, "Don't be afraid. Go home and do as she said. But first, make a little loaf of bread for me from what you have, and bring it to me, and then make something for yourself and for your son. For this is what the Lord the God of Israel says: The jar of flour will not be used up." them dry until today. The Lord's to the them. Uh, a few years ago, they started making these red machines, and as soon as I saw one of those, I was really impressed. But the first one cost three hundred dollars, and I was not willing to invest that much in you know, a red machine. Well, then they went down to two hundred dollars. That was more attractive, but I still didn't buy one. Then $150, and finally at Walmart, they were on sale for $76, and I jumped in. <laughs> and before I love that bread machine. You can set it the timer, and we have fresh bread in the morning, and woke up, and all that smell fit in the house. I also used it to make uh, uh, these cinnamon rolls, I found to be delicious. And then, if you make pizza no I made a lot of pizza no in it. But every so once in a while, I go to get some flour out of the pantry, and the jar was empty. There was not enough flour to make bread. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be wonderful to have it, like this room where it never ran out of flour and never ran out of oil? The story behind this is Elijah was a great man of God, Maybe he brings all the prophets of God. And because of the sin of Israel and King Ahab, Elijah just showed up at his court one day and he said, It's not going to reign in the land for years except by my word. And then he just thrown it out. The Lord told Elijah to go by the broke here, and uh, there's going to be water there, and I'm going to see a raiders to, be to eat wheat every day. Twice a day, two meals a day. So he did that, but then because uh, the drought came, and of course the am was still looking for him, he could not find him there, but uh, because of that, the brook dried up, God said, I want you to go to this woman, and she's going to take care of everybody. So that's exactly what he did. And he went over and he saw the woman outside the gate of the town down in and he said to her, uh, could you give me a little water? And she was gracious, and he was going to get the water. And he said, oh, by the way, could you give me a little bit of bread as well? That's asked me why. Especially because she said, God, I was gathering some sticks because I don't have any bread. All I've got is just a handful of flour a little bit of oil, I was going to make that for my son and me, and we were going to die. It was a family in the land, Elijah said, Look, anyway, First of all, make me a little whiskey. Great to me, the Lord's going to take care of me. And that's what she did. And from that day on, for as long as the drought lasted, there was always flour and oil in the jar think most of us by experience with family, or we don't really know what real hunger is like in places in the world where that happens every day, we don't have enough. But I, I think there's an application for us because the Bible indicates of God never runs out of something. I'd like to look at the never runs out of That ain't what I thought it was kind of The, case. the never runs out of God. Well, first of all, we never run out of God's supply. It says in Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply all your needs by the riches of His grace of Christ Jesus. All your needs. We haven't had a family, but we do have needs to go through life. Uh, Jesus was concerned about being needs. In fact, that's primarily what He did while He was on the earth He meant physical, spiritual, spiritual, emotional needs. You remember the occasion where Jesus had been teaching and doing miracles and people were following him from all over the countryside, and in the evening the disciples said, well what, you need to send them back They're hungry so that they can get some food. And Jesus said, well let's, let's feed them here. And the disciples said, "We well, don't have enough to feed these people, we don't have a uh, who eats one here. Something like that. And so uh, Jesus said, well, what do you have? He was a little boy, he had five little, small rolls of bread and two fish. The Bible says that Jesus blessed them. And they began to distribute, and they were gathered together in groups of 55,000 men, probably at least that many women, along with all their children. The food was distributed, and according to the Bible, they kept eating until everybody was satisfied, and then they took up 12 baskets of food. And left God's blood came through. John tells us the first of the miracles that Jesus performed. It was in a way, way in Cana, and uh, a horrible thing happened to they were running out of the wine, and that was considered a great insult when run out of the wine. James knows about that. It's not to run out of wine, especially in a wedding. And so there he came up to Jesus, and she said, uh, we don't have wine. And Jesus said, what's that to me? My time has not come. And yet, she said, do whatever he tells you to do, talking to the servants. So they had six great babies Jars of water that were used for ceremonial cleansing. And Jesus said to dip in there and they dip. And out came the wine, and the, uh, the, the master served came to attention and said, Boy, this is unusual. You usually they get out the best wine at the very beginning, later on when they're a little tipsy, they can get the cheap wine. But you have to save the best for Jesus cured this. And Jesus said, you don't really need to worry about anything in life. Don't worry at all, because God's going to take care of you. Remember he said, you can't add anything to your life, you can't add any hair to your head. Don't no worry. Which maybe we could. We're <laughs> losing, I'm going to come here. Some don't have something to lose than I time. But you can't do any of that by worrying. And Jesus gave a couple of great examples. He said, think about the little flowers in the field. They don't don't spin, they don't scroll, yet they're good, they're more beautiful than anything you saw in the school. And then think about the little sparrows. They don't sow, they don't bring, they don't store anything up again, God takes care of them. And he says, how much more is your heavenly Father going to take care of you? are
1: Psalm
0: 37, says, I have been young, now I am old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his children making bread. And you know what? I have not eaten. But I have. Uh, First professor hired started in the seminary. That was great. But we didn't have any students. And so I was given the assignment of going to to people, I guess they figured that I was a salesman or something. So I met with all kinds of students and I met with one by the name of Wayne Keith. Now Wayne had one now going to another seminary in California, but he had a wife and kids and he was afraid that he wouldn't be able to afford it. You're not seminary, he was thinking about I was there. seminary, the same thing was a problem for him. What was he going to do about his family? I said, why well, do you think that's not your concern? God is calling you a seminary, I can't tell you that he's calling you a seminary, because he is. It is your responsibility to walk in obedience, and it's God's responsibility to provide work. And I told them about the situation that I had faced. There was a little small church in South Dakota and they wanted to call me a pastor. And I did not want to go. Not the first or the last time that that happened. Anyway, they were taking in $300 a month more than they were spending and they didn't have a pastor. I had a little voice, and I was like, want to do this. And I, I agonized. I rushed, and the thought, kind of, I don't want to do this, and finally He said, You have a choice. You need to accept it or you don't. He said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. And I can say this God provided immensely more than I could ever imagine. He created opportunities that I did not know about. Church grew and prospered, and some wonderful things happened. But it came after I had made the decision. And so I can say to you right now God is always going to supply it, never goes out. You have to walk, walk to the to Secondly, you never without out God's joy. In uh, John 14 27, it says, Peace I give you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives peace to you, do I give peace to you? He gives us grace, He gives us peace, He gives us joy doesn't mean that you don't face any hardship the hardships in life of the cross that you you're going to. And you know, Satan is going to throw all kinds of things at you who cause you all I believe Jesus said you're going to face persecution, and so there are some circumstances that are going to happen that are bad. If you reach the age of 20, you You're going to have some bad things that happen. The age of 40, even more. By the age of 60, all kinds of bad things have happened. You uh, may have been out of a, then I a job. 60, probably at least one parent, maybe both parents, five, maybe brothers and sisters. Some bad things happen, some bad circumstances. That doesn't mean you lose your joy, because your joy is not tied to circumstances. Joy is tied to and then, say you can use people to walk you of your door. Now you might not know this, but not everybody is like me all of my life. I've had some people that didn't seem to
1: like Can you believe
0: that? Yeah. <laughs> Especially people who don't prepare for worship service like the did that. Uh, yeah, that sometimes happens. And, but you know, every time Somebody didn't mask you, I don't know betray you, Had that happen. Uh, people turned against you, uh, they just didn't like you, even though you're a really nice guy. But God always takes care of you. or not, God moves them out or they moves me out, very rarely have I had one person departure me for any extended period of time. <laughs> and then things give off you joy. Especially to do some of those things. So when we moved to IBE, we decided I don't want anything to tie me down. Got some things in my head. you know. We we got rid of almost everything except what we could put into the car, uh, furniture, you know, things that we been collected for years. I gave them away or sold and so we came in here. It makes you realize things really are not so And things cannot walk you, you really, through your joy. Finally, the devil uses worry to walk you through joy. And if, Some of you know what I'm talking about with worry. Uh, my wife, Hannah, talks about worry. She seems to be a little bit of a worrier. The dog pulled her on the ground and broke the wrist. And we go walking the all every day, and I'll guarantee that she'll probably say to me five times, "Take care, take care." If there's an open "Take care," and, and we're driving, and she she claims that I'm driving now a accident,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and she feels like she has to tell me to take care of what you find. I don't know how in the world I have survived <laughs> six or seven years without her to take care of me, and I tell her. He said, Oh, you never worry about anything. I said, is that a Christian? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, it's not a
0: story because God is in control, and God takes care of all Paul, for the sake of the gospel, so and he talked about all that suffering. He said he was beaten five times with lashes, 39 times each occasion. He said he was stoned, left outside of town. He was hungry, he was thirsty, he was in prison, he was in the shipwreck, all those bad things. And yet, he tells us to be joyful. He said, I am one in whatever state I'm in to be content. Whatever state you're in, even Texas, you can be content. <laughs> Circumstances, people, and Those who do not have the law, of your joy, but your joy is connected with the Lord God Almighty. He gives us joy. You may not have heard the name Galatia or Statt. You may have. He was up in Chicago, the 19th century. He was actually a friend of Moody. He was a lawyer and a Presbyterian elder. And uh, during the Chicago Fire of 1871, he lost much of his fortune. He was still toiling. And then uh, he decided to send his family on a ship to England, as his friend Wilde knew he was going to be there, and they could to that. And so he sent his wife and his four young daughters on the ship. And a little friend of him to the ship. About 250 people died, including his four daughters. His wife made him on to England and she sent him a two word telegram saying, Hello. Oh. Then he took a ship going to England himself and stopped over the very area where his four lovely daughters died. While he was on a trip somewhere, he wrote a really poem. And he became a song, but well, it was not the end of the story. i tell mean, the song in a moment. He and his wife had three other children a boy and two girls. And then he adopted a teenage boy by the name of Jacob. And he spent the end of his life in Israel taking care of people to need. The Jews, the Muslims, the Christians. Everybody respected him because of the he died in the and was buried there. And now the song. His boy was turned into a song that we could sing. And the tomb was made out of the ship that his daughters died on. And that was a really good idea. The song was one uh, well, that all the singers comforts been us, comfortable peace I am living, I tend my way, and sorrows I see will it Whatever my life, Whatever come to me. it is well, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well, it is well with my soul. What gave you joy in the midst of such terrible sorrow? His joy came from God, not from the world. And he knew he was going to see his father again. It was not the end. He never ran out of love for God. Father never ran out of love forgiveness. Jesus. John 1:16 says to us, "He told us we have received grace on grace." And let me put this down for just a second. That actually means grace on top of grace. And this, uh, this fits perfectly with what Paul said later. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, and not by works, lest anyone should boast. What that means is that if you sin, there's grace and comfort. If you sin again, there's grace and comfort. Is grace stacked on top of grace. So that God's forgiveness is always available. No matter what we have done or said at all, God's grace is able to forgive us for all of it. Grace on grace. Lord's prayer, we pray, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. God's grace and His forgiveness allows us to forgive one another. It's uh, one of the great examples that would the parable that Jesus told. And I think it ought to be called uh, the loving the, the father instead of the father's father, son. Because it was a young man, he wanted the inheritance to, to come to the second son while the father was still alive. He said, "Give yeah, me what's coming to me." The father did. Went to a foreign land and he wasted, he spent it all. There was a famine in the land, uh, so he was reduced to actually feeding pigs, and unclean animal for the Jews. But then the Bible said that he came to himself and he said, in my Father's house, even the servants are doing better than I. They are my feet, and so I'll go back to my Father and I'll say, Father, I have sinned against Heaven and against you. Make me like one of your hired servants. So that's what he did. The Father was still far off the Father's side. The Father went to the music I go through his still, I said against heaven and against you. And the Father said, put a ring on his finger, put shoes on his feet, and roll on his back, and kill the fatted cap, because my son who was lost is now found. And God forgives each one of us just like that. We never run out of God's grace. It's always more than that. On occasion, they were talking about how many times they should forgive. The Jews would typically forgive three times. Peter said, Lord, should we forgive seven? And Jesus said, I'll tell you, 70 times seven. Because God's going to forgive us a lot more than that. 490 is not enough. I I need 490 every (laughs) day. We, likewise, because of the forgiveness that we have received are able to be loved for us. story told about uh, a priest in the northwest part of California. And it was a uh, terrible weather. The wind was blowing over 50 miles an hour, the torrential case. And he was working on his son for the next day, and he got a call from the hospital, and the nurse said, Father, could you come here? He said, uh, there's a man here, he lives alone. And his liver is about to get out, and he's not going to make it for tonight. And he wants somebody to be by his to street. He said, well, I'll try. He said, I'll be there in two hours if I make him look at him. He got in his car he started driving. The trees were down, but every time there was a tree, just a space that he to get his car. He crossed bridges and the cross back. Crossed again, back and forth. he finally arrived at the hospital to put on his the raincoat. They we went through the blistering wind and rain and down inside, and the nurse said, Oh, I'm so glad to be here. He said, She was so bad. He's been drinking for years and mentally shocked now. He said, Well, what's the guy's name? She said, Well, we don't have a last name, we just call him Tom. So we went into the room and said, Hello, Tom, so. Uh, in the area inside of shirt, the way might got outside and uh, you know, the break period in the morning, we just happened to be in the area. He said, well, let's talk about it. He said, okay. can you tell me, uh, you Would you like to do confession with me? He said, no, I, I do not. I can't do that. So he gave, got with me the lights so and Several times as they were talking, he said, you want to get confession now. it? this time he said, well, I can't tell anybody about it. He finds what he He said, well, just about now hour because I'm not going to live there much longer. I'm glad I still telling you. He said, 32 years, two months, and 11 days ago, I was a switchman for the railroad. He said it was a stormy night just like this tonight. We were in there drinking, and I guess I had drunk more than anybody else. And so I'm off here to go out and switch the tracks. But he said I must have been more than drunk than I thought. And I switched in the wrong direction. A freight train came through the followed into a passenger train. A man and his wife and his two for kill I don't believe in God can believe. Hearing that all the time the priest uh, eyes for eyebrows was full, kind of like and he went over to finally put his hand on the man and said, God can you, And I can you. Because you see that was my mother and my father. And my two older daughters. We never run out of possibilities. And we never run out of opportunities to forgive others as well. We, God, we thank you. I, got to, to thank you that you supply everything that we need in life. You give everything prepared and perfect to give. You watch over us. You take care of us. The you call us to be filled with joy and glory. Lord, we pray that you might walk in the midst of the Spirit today. God, we know that the presence of the Holy Spirit is our guarantee that our faith is you. And we pray, now that your Holy Spirit might be brought between us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.